0: I still think they're four points behind Montreal. Uh, Habs do have games in hand, but Calgary's won three in a row. The four points that Calgary's out seems Mm -hmm. a lot closer than the one point Arizona is out, which feels (laughs) like it's 50 points compared to to the one point. I don't know what makes me feel that way, but I still have this gut feeling that Calgary's going to make a run at this.
1: Well, I think it has something to do with the fact that Calgary was able to beat Montreal in regulation yesterday and that they play each other again. All the Calgary Flames can do is beat the Montreal Canadiens when, they when, when they're playing against them and then hope that Montreal kind of goes into a little bit of a tailspin. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes, but if Calgary keeps winning hockey games, it's going to get interesting real quick.
0: Calgary Flames head coach Daryl Sutter was asked about his team's confidence as it's uh, developed through the three-game winning streak. We know Daryl Sutter has a great wit, whether he admits he he has great wit or he's just speaking the truth. Like when he was asked about Johnny Gaudreau's 500th game and he came back with, I hope he has more energy than he had in his 499th, is one of the great lines of all time. So here's his his answer to uh, how much more confidence does your team have right now that they've won three games in a row. Daryl Sutter. Our team doesn't have a confidence problem. It has a problem with playing at the pace the rest of the league's playing at. <laughs> that's after his team's <laughs> won three in a row and they're back in it. <laughs> oh, good old Daryl. That's uh, that's oh. outstanding. But uh, Milan Lucic, uh, yeah, congratulations, 1,000 games, and he's uh, still willing to go to the young guys in Danny Sabert. And you are right about that uh, uh, looking around when Austin Matthews uh, yeah, at, at uh, was it Center ice during during the up or off a face off? Look back at his nameplate. Yes. was a, It was a cheap move by by Matthews actually. Kind of rubbed his face in it. I'm sure Sabram was beaking and probably deserved it, but it was kind of like those one of those elitist uh, moves. Uh, but uh, but I still yeah that was uh, that's a good call I forgot all about that uh, nice job the good news of the day brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union prioritizing people over profit since 1951 we have a jersey to give away a VGK jersey and uh, qualify people for a couple of tickets to Monday's game against the San Jose Sharks at T-Mobile Arena, plus an update on what's happening with the Vancouver Canucks and how that impacts the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, We'll explain as we continue on on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's a dishes in front, another sliding pad save by Fleury, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizana
1: sliding pad save, Robin Leonard, what a stop.
0: From the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at lbSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Vegas Golden Knights have won four in a row, five of the last six, trying to chase down Colorado for first place in the West Division, lining up the Anaheim Ducks for a pair before – hosting the San Jose Sharks at T-Mobile Arena next week. This is the VGK Insider Show, hour number two. If you missed anything in the first hour, a little late to get to us, the podcast will be posted. Uh, A lot of talk about what happened last night in Los Angeles and the impact of Matthias Janmark, but also the role that was played in that win by Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, and Chandler Stevenson. Darren Millard with you
1: at the estate out at the old homestead is Ryan Wallace. How are you? Oh yeah, I mean I'm good. My my dog is a little uh, cranky today. I'm I'm apologize for that, but I'm good. How are cranky? you? Cranky. Well, yeah, I mean you know she gets she gets angry sometimes. We had Sam and Ash on uh, talking
0: about uh, dog bites and responsibility, and Jay Cutler's uh, dog uh, bit uh, the cable repairman or installer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's now suing for the dog bite. And uh, I, was, uh, I was surprised in Nevada that you've got, the, like, the one bite and then your dog's on notice kind of thing. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a one bite uh, rule in, in Nevada. California is a totally different story. I'm not taking yeah. my dogs anywhere near California. And not that they're, they're wild and crazy, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not putting myself in that position. But in Nevada, uh, I can now have the gosher's over for dinner because, uh, because I've got the one bite thing. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't let your dogs
1: do that. Come on, you like Dave. I wouldn't.
0: Oh yeah, I wouldn't. No, I I wouldn't want them to bite Dave uh, at, mm-hmm. at all. Well, but just,
1: what, what else were you insinuating there? I don't. Well, know just if,
0: in case something. Uh, if, if there wasn't the one bite rule, then I would not let anybody in my house at all. But what happens if 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 Dave drops a chicken wing and uh, and they just both go don't, for it at the same time? Just I'm just in trouble Dave if it's not in, to in go California. For it.
1: Just just tell Dave not to go for it. It'll be fine. Yeah. I think you're you're overanalyzing the situation a little bit too much. I'm a little bit nervous, a little bit nervous about uh, (laughs) about that. And I'm
0: also (laughs) uh, confused uh, because Jay and uh, and Kristen, uh, they split up, but they're still being sued about the dog bite. And now we've got uh, good old uh, 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 J-Lo breaking up with A-Rod. And I can't believe that they didn't manage to work that out. It was only a couple of weeks ago that it sounded like they they were working through some things.
1: Yeah, I got nothing. Really? Are you you don't yeah, get into nothing. the whole
0: celebrity uh, uh, dating and all that kind of stuff.
1: I I don't I don't have time for that. Really? Oh, there's lots of stuff though. Lots no no no, there's stuff. there's there's a lot that my brain can and can't handle. Mm-hmm. That being one of the things I can't handle. Like I just I I would be I couldn't do it. I, no? I couldn't be that invested in other people's lives. I just can't.
0: Wow. Uh, how about getting invested in the in the Vancouver Canucks then? Because uh, they have been shut down for three weeks uh, because of uh, COVID spread uh, throughout the lineup, and it was uh, significant or the most significant that we've seen this year. Uh, Dallas Stars at the uh, beginning of the campaign, before the season launched, and they were shut down and uh, never found their footing again. Vancouver Canucks uh, don't look like they're going to make the playoffs this year. They have, uh, I think, 18 games left, 19 games left. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, or you you know the number on that. Uh, and they're trying to get all 56 games played Uh, It came out yesterday when J.T. Miller of the Vancouver Canucks said, listen, uh, we can't be playing Friday, which is tomorrow now. Uh, We can't Mm -hmm. be playing Friday after one one practice and one morning skate. And it it erupted. Like, it went wildfire. And Mm -hmm. the National Hockey League and the NHLPA uh, looked at it. There was a conference call with the NHLPA uh, last night uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. There was some consultation with doctors. And it's now been uh, determined that the Edmonton game tomorrow between the Oilers and the Vancouver Canucks will not be held. Uh, Vancouver was supposed to play Toronto on Saturday. its I don't think it's official yet, but uh, John Shannon's reporting that that game won't be played uh, as well. The next scheduled game for the Vancouver Canucks is Monday against Toronto. Here's what I think is going to happen the Saturday uh, uh, a game against Toronto that's been postponed. I think that's going to slide back to Sunday, and they'll play Toronto uh, Sunday, Monday to try and get it in. And then they'll have to squeeze that Oilers game either somewhere in the middle, and and just have an atrocious schedule for the Vancouver Canucks, or it's going to be a, a situation where they're going to have to tag it in to uh, that 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 breather week. In May, uh, much like what uh, what the National Hockey League did with the the San Jose Vegas game, and, and plop it in at the end of the schedule. Uh, where are you in in what's happened? And the it's almost like go by going public. J.T. Miller uh, got the wish that the the turnaround was just going to be too steep, and I'm curious because i I've, I've got my own thoughts. People probably won't like some of it. Uh, I'm not as sympathetic as, as, as a few people, uh, but give me your thoughts on, on where the Vancouver Canucks are. And then I want to tell everybody how this is going to affect or could possibly affect
1: the Vegas Golden Knights. So in my opinion, when you're dealing with an illness, when you're dealing with, um, you know, COVID in general, and, and I feel like there's still so much we don't really know Um, about this virus and about what it does to your body, not just in the short term, but also in the long term. And because it is a respiratory illness and you utilize your respiratory system so much and tax it so much when you're playing hockey, if there is legitimate concern or you've got players that just don't feel like they can give or play at the level that they should be playing or they believe it will cause harmful side effects then I don't think you can make the stance that your number one priority is health and safety if there are certain players that have been sick and don't feel like their health and safety is being prioritized. Now, that being said, I do think that in this particular situation, based on where the Vancouver Canucks are in the standings and based on how, how much time they have had off, I think that if there are players that have been sick that do not want to play they should, have the, they, they should have the ability to opt out, and you should try to go through your taxi squad, try to look at, at your AHL club, and see if there's a way that you can continue your season. But if there are players that legitimately are concerned about their long-term well-being, and they don't want to play, don't play. So how,
0: because the real issue is, the, from the sounds of JT Miller, is they don't have enough time to prepare like one practice one morning skate isn't enough time how much do you think it would be suitable and 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 i'm asking you this knowing that you're not a national hockey league player and and you kind of have to ballpark
1: it so i mean right now they've been off for exactly four weeks right so um i i mean I, i would i would say three to four days where you can actually get in and practice and, and get your body tuned up, ready to go. And, you know, I, I would argue that it's probably about the same amount of time that you would use in a training camp to get ready for that first preseason game, three to four practices. And that, that I think should be sufficient for the players to get in and, and get what they need done in order to be prepared for a hockey game.
0: Some players have been skating this week. Uh, not the full team. They started with 10 players uh, practicing, and, then, and sure. it's, it's built up from there. But they, they didn't have a full team skate until uh, today. Connor McDavid uh, was uh, asked about this, uh, the mm-hmm. star for the Edmonton Oilers, and it's the Oilers who were supposed to play tomorrow night against the Vancouver Canucks. And, uh, and Connor said all the, the right things, same as you, about family and concern for health and, and player safety. But he also said, what's the difference between if you have one practice in a morning skate or two practices or three practices, are you going to feel uh, like you're still going to have to jump in and play? You're still going to have to get the games played. So what? what's the real difference here? And and I'm sure he's looking at it, too. I don't know whether he'd ever admit this, but I, I'm, I'm analyzing it. They they've got a good chance to beat the the Vancouver Canucks and get a crucial two points tomorrow night, uh, sure. if they play them at the end of the season when when they're up and running and that's, who knows it's uh, it's it's a team in a different situation, but I thought it was interesting that Connor said one practice, three practices. How much how much better are you going to feel because you do have to get the games in and when when the when the Minnesota Wild came back after their pause they legitimately played with five players i'd never heard of sure and yeah. and it was they're they're in the middle of a the, the playoff race too there's just sometimes we uh, there's there's you got to go with the flow a little bit more on this and if some players aren't ready to play taxi squad american league team you, you and i know that comes across as not very sympathetic uh, sure. to the player uh, to the uh, to the families it's not meant to be if 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 you're sick please take care of yourself but if you're not it's time to to, to get the games in and uh that's uh that's a, a harsh way to look at it in, in a way but it's also realistic that w- we got to find a way to get these 56 games in and other teams have done similar situations uh, this is not just unique uh to, to the Vancouver Canucks I admit though that that they were very hard hit by it
1: yeah and i mean it it's you know it's it's certainly the biggest scale that we've seen so far this mm-hmm. season and just in yeah. terms of of actual symptoms and 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 it, it taking a toll on a on a team i mean this is this is now again four weeks that the vancouver canucks have not played a hockey game this season and you know, you look at the Buffalo Sabers, you look at the the New Jersey Devils, and of course, you you mentioned the Dallas Stars, who who started their season off with with uh, a COVID issue at, right out of the gate, and how long it kind of took them to get their legs back. And, and you know, Buffalo hasn't been the same since since their uh, their COVID issues, and the New Jersey Devils were playing well, and then they had their their issues and, and didn't really get themselves going after that. So, I mean, it's a legitimate concern to to you know not necessarily want to to just jump right back into a game after a practice and a half but you know at the same time when you look at the, the Vancouver Canucks and, and kind of where they're at, um, I, I you know I, I think that Connor McDavid has kind of a point like y- y- you're gonna have to rip the band aid off at some point yeah. and you know what does it matter if you get three three or four practices to, to rip that Band-aid off? I, I just err on the side of of safety. if, if there is a player, that it's not safe for them to return. They, they shouldn't be cleared, and they shouldn't be playing. And if you're cleared, and you you don't have any restrictions to that, but you still feel like you don't want to play, I think that should be within, their, within a player's right, too. Um, this is a, a, a challenging time, and, and it's likely something we'll never see again, hopefully, but there's no real rules in how to navigate this in the correct way. And how does this
0: affect the Golden Knights? Well, if tomorrow night's game is going to have to be rescheduled uh, with the Oilers and the Vancouver Canucks, and they have nineteen mm-hmm. games, Canucks have to get nineteen games in. It's ridiculous how jam-packed schedule is, yeah. and uh, and there's just they don't play uh, like three and three or anything like that, but but it's it's just all out for the rest of the year. Sure, uh, the the National Hockey League. Uh, has that buffer week, and it does look like that buffer week is going to be really utilized uh, in the uh, in the second week of of May. Vegas already has a game pushed back uh, into that buffer week against the San Jose Sharks. If Vancouver's game Saturday isn't just delayed 24 hours and pushed back to to Sunday, well, now you've got to reschedule another one of those games into the to the buffer week. Now you're starting to look at, okay, the playoffs may not be able to start until that second, either the second half of the week or another week delayed. And that's going to have an impact on, on when the other divisions are able to start their postseasons. You, are you okay with the North Division starting later or and, and the other three divisions uh, going ahead? Uh, with the schedule that the National Hockey League intended to go with, or does everybody have to wait and start on time? That's, that's a real big discussion that's happening right now. If, if you want to go delay everybody, mm-hmm. does that give an advantage to the three divisions that have time to rest compared to the Canadian division? Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of feel like it does create a, a bit of a disadvantage, but, you know, I, I also think that when you, you know, when you get back to, um, it's it's tough, right? Because I feel like you want everything to start at the same time, because eventually it's going to be four teams left, and it's going to be a team from each division, and then are you going to be holding up your final four? As it, waiting for the Canadian division winner to come out because they started four days, five days after the other three divisions started their playoff race or their their playoffs. Mm-hmm. I like, talked do you want the rest Do you want the rest at the beginning or, or, or in the middle? You know,
0: uh, I talked to a buddy who's in the East division, uh, and he is very hopeful that this causes all the playoffs, all the divisions, to be pushed back mm-hmm. a week. Sure. Like just, just very hopeful that they get that rest, and they're watching it uh, with uh, with great interest and and and, and looking at it going. Can can we really start the playoffs before they start? Because they're going to be playing catch up, and then uh, they're going to have to go like we're going to have to wait eventually. Was was his point? Right. Either right. either uh, now or when we get to the to the uh, final four, and we have to start a series if if we're waiting for one one team. So uh that was that was sort of his uh, his point. Why not why not wait right now?
1: Yeah and and I think that that's that that's absolutely correct. Like if you're going to start the playoffs and you 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 know you know that you're gonna have to wait at some point in time. I, I think it's better to wait at the beginning and just make sure that that you don't have any interruptions or hiccups on the way on the way through. If you get down to the final four or the final three and you're waiting for your fourth team and it takes five, six days, then that's an absolute competitive advantage going into the the semifinals. So I I, I guess I'd rather have the advantage early on if, if like if you're in the in the north division, you'd probably rather have be at a disadvantage when you're playing against other teams that are at a disadvantage um, at the same time as opposed to teams later on in the playoffs. So that's how the impact
0: uh, affects the Vegas Golden Knights. Could it push back the start of the postseason for the West Division to complete the regular schedule of the North Division? Uh, the players, if they, if you got them on a side uh, part of the, uh, the hotel lobbying today, you guys... Okay with a with a, with a few more. To, yeah, darn right. After what they've gone through and what they're 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 going to experience uh, for these this final stretch ride. Now the Golden Knights had that one game moved, so they don't have the five and seven, and what a relief that is. Uh, but uh, but it's uh, it's something that even though it's way up there, in the and nobody's playing the Canadian division or the North division right now there's still a trickle-down effect uh, from uh, what is happening there. We haven't uh, put in our votes our our synopsis of what happened last night in L.A. Uh, mm. Is it a Bob Ross? Is it a wine and paint? It, surely it can't be anything lower than that, uh, although surely I should not uh, refer to Chris <laughs> Chapman as any type of guarantee. Uh, yeah. What are your ratings for last night's convincing 6-2 victory over the Los Angeles Kings, Chapman?
2: Bob Ross. I mean, it was it was domination from the puck drop all the way through the end of the, the third period. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was good when he needed to be. They got depth scoring again. Tomasz Nosek finds a way. Once again, ties a career high with his eighth goal. I think he's going to beat that. Just, just putting it out there. Uh, Max Pacioretty finds the back of the net again for the second game in a row. Boy, it didn't take him too long to go from 300 to 301, by the way. Nope. Uh, I one thought, goal. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Well, one game. I, I, I thought defensively, though, Pete Pete kind of mentioned it in the postgame. From the second period on, they kind of challenged themselves to be better defensively. I thought that third period, they really locked down L.A. I, I, it was well into the the third period, maybe even past the halfway point before L.A. had their first shot. Uh, the guys are still out there blocking pucks with, with five, six minutes to go, and it's a 6-2 game. I thought the commitment defensively was was really impressive, and uh, I I mean it was about as good as the game that they could play.
0: How about you, Ryan? That's a Bob Ross. Yeah, me too. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go th- go through it uh, shift by shift, but uh, the between the <laughs> debut and the Nosa continuing his hot streak, uh, Tuck carrying over his strong play, Pachetti scoring in a couple of uh, uh, games in a row, and Barsh very flurry winning consecutive games, there's a whole bunch to like about last night.
1: Yeah, it, it's hard to really find a fault in that game for the Golden Knights. It was never in question. It was domination, and the LA Kings just looked completely disinterested, completely out of sorts, and the Golden Knights did what they needed to do. They took care of business, and, and they're 6-2 and two in the eight games this year against the LA Kings. That's a great
0: way to describe that one last night from the LA Kings perspective, disinterested. Like yep. there, there was nothing going on from, from, from their end. And uh, I don't know, like Jonathan Quick didn't exactly uh, set the table for them. Uh, the mm-hmm. fluky goal aside, uh, two short side goals, uh, which I, I think you got to be at least have one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and the, the rest of the game didn't, the, LA took penalties early on in both games that just, it, it looks like a team that's uh facing reality that sure they, that they're not going to be able to to mount any type of challenge and their their coach and some of their players thought they that they'd be better in, situated but uh, th- a sweep bob ross sweep <laughs> hasn't happened too many times this year
1: yeah i i imagine chapman was going to go with wine and paint i'm surprised for
2: sure oh come I on would too come on
1: well you do have a track record
2: <laughs> i i i am i am fair and you, honest in my assessments you, you
1: hand out bob rosses to games that aren't bob rosses and you don't want to hand out bob rosses to games that are bob i don't rosses.
2: know how you could say that i think it's only like my second or third bob ross all season so check, my, check my standards standings. are very high
0: check the standings
2: are we keeping in
0: the uh, studio
1: we don't have those. We,
2: we should we should we well it's a little late for that now but
1: go through the air checks
2: I'm not going through all. I'll tell you what. I'll send them over to you. You can go through them.
0: One timer is coming up. uh, News and notes from around the National Hockey League. There's uh, some news uh, coming out of Colorado and the Avalanche goaltending situation. We want to bring you up to date on a developing story there. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: (laughs) on to the near wing. Big shot, he scores!
2: It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day.
0: And it's a tie hockey
2: game. On the VGK Insider Show.
0: News and notes from around the National Hockey League coming up. But first, let's uh, hand out a VGK jersey and qualify somebody to attend Monday's historic game. Not only will it be Vegas against San Jose, always fun. But Patrick Marlowe scheduled to break the NHL's all-time
1: games played record on Monday night. It's time to give away a VGK jersey, thanks to Finley Volvo, where Swedish elegance and world-renowned safety await at finleyvolvo.com. Caller number. Twelve, You will win a Golden Knights jersey, and you'll qualify to win the tickets to see Vegas versus San Jose on Monday, April 19th at T-Mobile Arena, 702-876-1340. That's the number. Caller number 12, you're a winner. So we got some uh, post-trade deadline
0: news coming out. Uh, A lot of players that we talked about that were in play, could be in play, uh, were pursued, Mm -hmm. were... Uh, looked at, uh, and this is the latest, Uh, Dallas Stars had Jamie Alexiak, the big rig, Uh, great uh, defenseman, actually has more offensive upside than I ever really gave him credit for, and I saw that, uh, we all saw that in the bubble last year, but Jim Nill hung on to uh, the defenseman at the trade deadline, and Jim uh, came out and uh, said, the general manager of the Dallas Stars, said, Jamie's a big part of our core, unless somebody made me an offer I could not say no to, he was not on the table. And so uh, that was a player that I thought a team like Winnipeg would be right after in, in that, that regard. They, they wanted David Smart, mm-hmm. couldn't get David Smart. Uh, got G, uh, Jordy Ben, but uh, Jamie Alexiak, uh, I guess, uh, was, was never in play because nobody made an offer. The they, uh, Dallas Stars could refuse.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I like the player a lot. I I like Jamie Alexiak, and and certainly in the bubble, he kind of had one of those showings where it opens your eyes up a little bit as to really what that player is and what he can do. Um, The Winnipeg Jets, I I wanted them to do more. They didn't do much of anything. Uh, A player like Jamie Alexiak, if they could have swung that deal, would have been something that gives me thought that Winnipeg would kind of close that gap on the Toronto Maple Leafs.
0: Chatted about the potential of uh, Ryan Getzlab and the uh, Vegas Golden Knights because proximity—he could uh, he could get here and still see his uh, family in Southern California. There was a, there was a lot to that. Uh, ends up that uh, that uh, deal did not come to—I fr- don't know how close it ever got, really—and the salary I, c- right. I couldn't get over the eight million dollars and how you would have to go through uh, a, a team and then probably cost you a player off your roster, which Vegas sure. didn't want to do. Uh, but uh, one other team, well, a couple of other teams poked around. One of them was the Montreal Canadiens. It, wouldn't that have been <laughs> funny? Uh, Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlaff back together? Montreal Canadiens uh, were, were were kicking tires on Ryan Getzlaff.
1: That's fantastic. Um, I, I'm kind of bummed it didn't happen, if I'm being honest, because I'd love to see Getzlaff and Perry together again playing for the Montreal Canadiens because it just would seem so, so weird. So weird. Uh, Some news uh, coming
0: out of uh, Toronto today. Austin Matthews is not playing tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. They're calling it day-to-day. Day-to-day. Concern when you hear day-to-day at this point of the season, or is this a club that's just taking advantage of the opportunity to rest
1: players? Well, i i I think there's always concern when you know you, you are kind of battling through something all season long. Austin Matthews has has been battling through a wrist injury all season long, but um, I I mean I I think this could probably be more accurately summed up as as rest, or at least I I'd hope it would be uh, considered that because. Austin Matthews has 32 goals this year, and he's he's you know he's six up on Miko Rantanen in second place. And when you've got an opportunity to do something, you've got an opportunity to win an award. I, I, if you're healthy, you should be in the game. And and for me, um, I think there's a little bit of of room for concern with Austin Matthews and his health as as you move forward the rest of the season.
0: Jets lead that game three two. Maple Leafs are on a power play. That is your live update. We return you to regularly scheduled. One-timers on the VGK Insider Show. News coming out of Colorado today and Denver is that Philip Grubauer, who was placed into COVID protocol uh, yesterday, uh, did not play or dress last night for the Avalanche in their thrilling victory over the St. Louis Blues. And that was a great game. Devin Dubnik uh, stepped in. They recently acquired a goaltender from the San Jose Sharks. Uh, We speculated yesterday, was that one of those uh, false positive situations? and Grubauer would be cleared in 24 hours, or would he be on the COVID list? And we have our answer. Philip Grubauer is out at least two weeks for the Avalanche in NHL COVID-19 protocol. The goaltender who has been as brilliant as Marc-Andre Fleury this year, and if it's going to go the traditional way of three finalists, will be a finalist for the Besna Trophy. He's been incredible for the Avalanche. Will miss at least seven of the final thirteen games for the Colorado Avalanche.
1: Well, it's a great thing that Joe Sakic went out and got an insurance policy in Devin Dubnik, isn't it? Wow, like the timing of that is eerie. Yeah. And had this happened a couple of weeks
0: ago, and yeah. they're left with uh, JoJo Jonas Johansson and uh, nobody else really that of uh, any significance uh, on their roster, this. Like they, pay, they paid a fifth-round pick mm-hmm. for Devin Dubnik and Greg Pattern, who had to be included in the deal because of salary cap issues. If this is three weeks ago, what do you think mm-hmm. that fifth-round pick turns into with the Avalanche desperate going through at least two weeks without Philip Grubauer?
1: Well, I mean, I, th- I think we look at the Toronto Maple Leafs and the David Riddick deal as, as kind of the the closest proxy, right? You mm, yeah. You got a team in Toronto who is without Freddie Anderson. They do have Jack Campbell, but it's kind of been Jack Campbell and Michael Hutchinson and, and really kind of a, a a tape and, and, uh, held together with with duct tape type of operation there for the for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So you go into that deadline knowing that everyone thinks you're looking for a goalie. Knowing that if if you are looking for a goalie, it's probably because Freddie Anderson's not as close as you'd like him to be. So you know you, you go a third round pick for David Riddick. Maybe the. Uh, <laughs> The Colorado Avalanche are in a worse spot because it is your bona fide number one starting guy that goes down, and you really don't have a Jack Campbell in, in the in the pipeline. So, uh, probably as as high as a second round pick wouldn't be out of the question if if you're trying to make that deal right now. Yeah, second
0: for sure. I'd be asking for a first.
1: Yeah, second for sure.
0: When you've got a team that desperate in that situation like Colorado having a a, a brilliant season. It, Grubauer's numbers are off the charts. Like 25-8-1, and one, GAA of 2. It's, it's incredible what he's done this year. The question is, can he stay healthy? This is not health. This is not Growing sure. a and knee or a shoulder or anything. Yep. Uh, this is just life right now. Uh, but he misses 14 days, and we don't know if he's symptomatic, asymptomatic. If he's not symptomatic, then he gets two weeks to... Heal and come back. Uh, that's the best case scenario. If you're if you're symptomatic, that's a that's a tough spot uh, for the for the Colorado Avalanche. But I will say, Devin Dubnik played last night and yep. wasn't entirely comfortable. Like looked uh, a little clunky at times. But that was a trade deadline win. He locked that thing down in the in the final uh, minutes with the St. Louis Blues pushing, and he got them them two points.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know. It, you never want to see Philip Grubauer go down if you're the Colorado Avalanche, but this will allow Devin Dubnik to get some starts with his new team and build that comfort level and really just kind of get himself into a groove. So uh, if you want to look at this half full, if the if best-case scenario is Philip Grubauer is, is not presenting any symptoms, is getting some, some much-needed rest, and you're also acclimating your insurance plan, Devin Dubnik, into your system. On Monday night, if everything goes according to plan, Patrick Marlowe mm-hmm. will break Gordie
0: Howe's record for most games ever played in the National Hockey League. Interesting. Like, Vegas didn't have a team when he started mm-hmm. his career. But yep. there's a few places that that applies to. I think there was only 24 teams when, when Patrick Marlowe started his National Hockey League career. Where, where do you rank and what are your first thoughts of what do you think of when you when you hear the name Patrick Marleau?
1: Um, Thorn in the side of uh, a team that I, I used to really follow closely in the L.A. Kings. He was one of those players that just always seemed to have a big game against the Kings. He, he was the leader of the San Jose Sharks. And I, I just think of a guy that made it look effortless for, for so many years.
0: Never won a Stanley Cup or hasn't won a Stanley Cup.
1: Yeah, I I don't dwell on that too much
0: kind of fluky though that you can play he's scheduled to play 1768 on Monday mm-hmm. at, uh, at yep. T-mobile Arena never and that will be something that that is part of the the conversation with Patrick Marlowe his his ability at 41 years old to play that many games uh, like there's there's God-given talent there's just his body was blessed with something. One thing about about Patrick Marlowe is like he could always skate. Even yeah. when he was playing in Toronto, now like he can get he can get up and down the ice. and that's that's part of uh, of his his ability and his talents that that I think when the game changed, he was able to survive that because of his feet. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And a guy that that had to battle through things in that organization, Captain. That was taken mm-hmm. away. Uh, yep. Came in as a young kid. Uh, uh, we'll we'll focus on that uh, a little bit more as we get uh, through uh, tomorrow's game and uh, and then into Monday as we will broadcast live from T-Mobile Arena. But those are your one-timers for this Thursday, April. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan
2: Wallace.
0: Getting ready to wrap up our number two, Henderson Silver Knights uh, on the ice tonight against uh, Tucson. You can check that one on uh, 1230 the game as Brian McCormick will have the call as the beat goes on for the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, Golden Knights back at tomorrow night. Against the Anaheim Ducks, uh, finishing off uh, the schedule against Anaheim on Friday and Sunday. And it's a quick turnaround. Three in the next uh, four nights uh, with the Golden Knights hooking up with the San Jose Sharks on Monday. So that's the schedule for the VGK and the HSK as we bring in Chris Chapman for catching up with Chapman.
2: All right. Well, today, April 15th, it's it's a pretty important day for civil rights. It's a pretty important day for Major League Baseball. It's Jackie Robinson Day. And uh, his debut was made on April 15th in 1947, becoming the first African-American to play in Major League Baseball. He obviously broke that barrier, uh, opened the door for many, many other players, including one of his close friends, Larry Doby, who was the first player to play in the American League. Uh, Some pretty cool facts about Jackie Robinson. His middle name is Roosevelt. His mother named him after former president Theodore Roosevelt. His brother Mac. Was also a pretty phenomenal athlete. In fact, he was an Olympic athlete, and in the 1936 Olympics, he finished second. That's the uh, Munich Games. He finished second. I'm sorry, Berlin Games. He finished second to Jesse Owens in really? the 200 meter uh, race at the Berlin Olympics. Of course, that one, phenomenal or a pretty important moment for African American. Yeah, his his huh. brother Mac, a pretty phenomenal athlete, second to Jesse Owens, and of course. Owens was was known to have shown up Hitler at those games. And uh, so so pretty, uh, pretty big deal there for Mac Robinson. But Jackie was also a multiple sports star. He was actually, believe it or not, a really good tennis player. In fact, he won uh, multiple tennis tournaments that were only held for African-American uh, athletes. But, yeah, he, he was a really good tennis player, uh, just a, a really phenomenal guy. He served in the military, but he was court-martialed and discharged. It was later uh, ruled an honorable discharge, but he he was actually court-martialed and kicked out of the Army because he refused to move to the back of a segregated bus. So, uh, Jackie Robinson Day, I was actually pretty pretty fortunate enough to attend a game on April 15th, and for those who don't know Major League Baseball, every team that plays on April 15th, all their players, wear the number 42, which is retired across all of Major League Baseball. I believe it's the only number that's retired across all of Major League Baseball, but uh, it, it's pretty cool because they honor Jackie Robinson in, in a special way where every player wears that that very special number 42. Of course, Jackie, uh, a Hall of Famer as well. He was the first African-American player inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, the first African-American baseball analyst. So Jackie Robinson, of course, broke down barriers on the field, but he also broke down barriers off the field. He retired and unfortunately passed away at a very young age of, of uh, 53, I believe it was, and uh, my grandmother from Brooklyn, she was a uh, diehard Brooklyn Dodgers fan, and my mother tells me he was her favorite player. And and when he passed away, she she cried like it was someone in her family who had passed away. So uh, I honor Jackie Robinson. He's 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 a phenomenal, a great great icon in sports. And uh, today is a day where where we all honor Jackie Robinson for for doing something that really opened up a lot of doors for a lot of great people.
0: Fifty three, eh?
2: Yeah, young guy passed away from a heart attack.
0: Uh, I love the idea. It's unique to uh, to all uh, professional sports uh, what they do on this day, and uh, and wearing Jackie's number is is really really cool, and uh, what what a sign of respect. And it makes uh, and causes us uh, it inspires us to to talk about Jackie uh, on, a, on a yearly basis on shows that uh, that don't deal with baseball, like hockey shows on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is a a turning of the page for us going towards this weekend as the Golden Knights try to keep it going against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, the trade deadline has settled in. They will try to get back on the uh, the winning track and continue this run. But Yanmark, uh, can he continue that chemistry with Nosek, uh with Tuck, We'll see a complete uh, preview for you tomorrow on the BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care of yourself and be well.